You're listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature. Hi, this is Father Mark Bulos, and you are listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature podcast. This week, Father Paul explains that God himself will assess our function concerning our brother on the last day based on the content of the Torah. I am delighted to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays. The verb that's used in verse 7, Yetzer, as opposed to bara, how does that verb here function? It makes me think of Jeremiah and the potter and the forming of something. Absolutely. And this is actually very powerful. I mean, uh, more readily understood than bara. Bara, you would have to wait to figure it out. But yasar, for the original hearer, is pottery terminology, meaning that the china is clay but functionally there is a difference between a saucer and a cup and a pot but the material is the same it is as though and i thank you for your question it is as though the text is stressing that when the Afar becomes a human being, the human being does not cease to be Afar. That is why that verb is extremely powerful and later it is used by Jeremiah. Again, let me go back to my original presentation where it is connected with the potter breaking. You see, you see the parallelism throughout that all is in the hand of God when you come to the level of what I call functionality. Let's say you can argue that the clay God did not make. I'm ready to go with that. That's why the Bible is intelligent. The earth was already tohu and the afar was already in the Adama that was made by God earlier. But what he is making with the action of Bara earlier and Yasar is functionally something, let's dismiss new and introduce another word, novel. It is not the same. I cannot serve you coffee in clay. I can serve you coffee in a cup, which is from clay. Nowadays, it could be aluminum. Okay, and we have the recycling. Aluminum is aluminum, but functionally. But I need here again to control my hearers from the, ah, and then they start theologizing that I'm something special. No, the text is telling you that you are not special. It is God 
that treats you as special, which means he can treat you through the same medium. Stone is still stone, and dust is still dust, but functionally you're not the same. And that is God's action. That's why technically killing and suicide are not allowed in scripture. In a couple of chapters we'll meet Cain, that God did not allow anyone to touch him. He punishes him the way he decides, the way he did with Adam. He exiled him out of the garden and he exiled Cain. But the last word, which is death, scriptural death, cannot be but the action of God. That is why, let's push it a little bit further. I mean, we are here in sacred ground. That's why blood plays a very powerful role in scripture and it is misunderstood by the people, you know, the witnesses of Jehovah, you know, the blood, life is in blood. As I explained to you time again, it's like in the cops shows to check if someone is alive or not, you check the breathing and the pulse. I mean, it's ABC. You don't need to be in the 21st century to figure that out. So the nafish and the flowing blood, the damim, the bloods, are in scripture always under God's control. The nafish is very clear because it's connected with the ruach, the breathing, you know. But the blood is sacred to the extent, with all due respect to women, and uh, I mean, it's something very important to notice that a woman who has given birth, because blood was shed, notice what I'm saying. This is like homicide and manslaughter. Blood was shed, period. Then it is impure. Under the order of God, you shed blood, you kill a lamb to present it, that's good. You see, we have to get into the functionality the way I understand it. It's not though the blood is pure, or the brood is life, blood is life, and you start worshipping it as an idol. That's not the point. The point is, it is not your territory in the sense It is not your territory to deal with it. Take the park, for instance, a national park. You're welcome to visit, just to look. But you may not deal with that park. Only the rangers can do that. Another example. So it's not that, what's the difference between me and the ranger? Well, try to convince them. They'll kick you out. They don't have time to explain to you. (laughs) That's the rule. And that's the way my hope is to have people starting teaching. Very early, the children. The adults are a lost case. The children, because they rasp that. It will be a mess if everybody would chip in in a national park. Listening to your discussion of the clay in the palm of God's hand and the way that its novelty comes from his hand, not from the clay itself, 
I can't help but think of Paul's discussion of the potter in Romans chapter 9. Yeah, absolutely. But again, Paul took it from Jeremiah, and he mentions that. And that shows you the silliness of Calvin and predestination. I mean, already at birth, some of us are... No, no. Nothing becomes functional before the judgment. Notice the statement, and many of those who are outside will become inside. I mean, come on now. We have to be clear judgment. And in the Anglo-Saxon approach to law, very powerful. I mean, it's sometimes people say, why can't we do that? That if you have judged an aspect of a case and the verdict has been emitted, you may not rejudge it. Now, you can discuss philosophically about it. All I'm saying is that the mentality connected with the law is very precise. Because if you can rejudge, then you can go back and rejudge everything. Now, in Scripture, all this is immaterial because there is only one judgment and praise the Lord it has not come yet now when people hear praise the Lord that's positive no I don't know (laughs) it may be positive for you and negative for me all I'm saying it has not come and there is this powerful teaching of the do not emit judgment before the time not as though when the time comes we shall emit judgment (laughs) Judgment shall be emitted. And that is something that, you know, hurts our feelings because basically we are either Buddhist or Platonists. That's what the human being is. You You want to have a say about you and your future, which I don't care, but also about your function. And Paul says, I don't know about that because from the perspective of God, your function is very much the function of Cain concerning Abel. It's your brother. Now, you don't know how you're dealing with your brother, how many times you hear this. Did we do that? Did we not do that? It doesn't matter. What matters is what God will say, but he will not say it just after two glasses of wine. He will have the book of the law that you had heard already before and say to you that the situation. And only then there is a split between afar as blessing and afar as curse, tohu as blessing, the beginning of something new and as a curse. Only then. And that is something that really we do not want to accept because it takes the carpet from underneath you and only God is. uh, And that's why all theological thinking is, you know, blasphemy and sacrilege. Notice the copyright and you quote this one said that's unusually is by the count the heavier the footnote is than the judge. No. It is only the word of God, and that's why it's very hard. It's very hard to keep 
the approach of the Reformation, which is correct. In other words, you have to have the Bible without footnote or introductions, without verses and chapters. But which Bible, including the Gideon Bible, is without that? The people who started with the study Bible are the Protestants. But you just told me there is the Bible. Why suddenly you're selling me a study Bible? We need to hear it. And, uh, I'm really thankful to both of you that you gave me this opportunity to do this over the podcast. I said it in so many ways in my books, you know, but somehow it's very important to hear it and to always check to see if it corresponds to the biblical text. And only in this sense, the original becomes important. Look at us. I mean, we all three know Hebrew very well. And yet this thing about as dust from the ground, is it, is it not? No, it's technically two compliments. And since we are on the grammar here, you know, Arabic is very powerful. The hif'il, the causative form, can have three compliments. And he made them see their sins as calamities upon them. The made see, which is one verb, has three compliments, them, sins, and calamities. In Arabic, we can have, as in all other languages, but Arab grammarians were very powerful, three compliments to the same verb. And here we have two. And he formed the man dust out of the ground, from the ground. That's the way it is. Remember, friends, the podcast is not scripture. It is the work of Mark and Dr. Bender. <laughs> My words are scripture, but not the podcast. The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.